Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, this is Jeremy Evans with episode four of the Believe in Sports Law podcast with Jeremy Evans. Glad you could be here today with us listening to our uh, fourth episode uh, with the Believe Podcast Network. Today we have a really interesting topic and something that has been debated for quite some time, uh, particularly in the sports setting. It has to do with essentially netting the foul ball problem. So how do we fix the foul ball problem? This is something that has gone on in the last uh, you know, a few years especially. It's obviously been uh, an issue since the beginning of baseball and really on sports in general. Hockey dealt with this issue probably 15, 20 years ago with regard to pucks going into uh, the stands and ultimately ended up putting netting behind the, um, uh, the goals. But um, baseball has got this consistent problem that's been happening of late with regard to deaths and, and uh, injuries. So it really comes down to how are baseball teams going to deal with this issue? Now, baseball is a little bit different um, from other sports in that, you know, with the NFL, the NFL teams are are pretty sort of, uh, I want to say they're lockstep with, uh, with the league, obviously some differences of opinion, but ultimately the league holds a lot of power. Uh, in baseball, it's a lot more like, I guess for a comparison-wise, comparing maybe the sort of states' rights versus the you know federalism system, where the individual franchises have a lot of insight and a lot of power to make decisions. And uh, Rob Manfred, who's the current commissioner of Major League Baseball, has made comments uh, related to this in that there's been complaints about foul balls going into the stands, injuring people, and uh, very unfortunately and sadly killing people. And so how does baseball fix this problem? And Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, has made comments that you know ultimately it's up to the franchises, and that's true. I mean, that's the way that collective bargaining agreement works. That's the way that uh, ultimately the ownership deals work is that uh, the owners have a lot of power in uh, how to determine whether the nets are extended. You know, generally the nets for uh, protective netting anyway at a ballpark essentially goes from the inside part of the dugout wall uh, on the outside anyway, but just from a measurement standpoint from the uh, inside part of the dugout wall to uh, the other uh, opposing dugout wall and extends probably, you know, 30, 40 uh, feet in the air and uh, protects, you know, basically the folks who are sitting behind uh, immediately behind the plate, but that doesn't sort of necessarily uh, protect folks who are, let's say, uh, sitting in the second level above home plate or in the foul territories. Some um, baseball teams have extended the netting. Others have not. And uh, so ultimately, how do we fix this problem? You know, I, I think we have to kind of go back in history. And I think it begs the question of, you know, has the game of baseball changed in the last 100 years? 
you know, thinking about the game of baseball. Has it? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. I think ultimately, you know, you still have nine players on the uh, on the field, you know, playing defense. You have one batter at a time. Pitcher throws the ball. Uh, but I think there's some peripheral things that we'll get into a little bit later that have changed the game, at least in the way that foul balls are reaching fans. And uh, we'll get into a little bit about that and, and more importantly, how baseball teams can be proactive versus being reactive. So ultimately, you know, when looking at the game of baseball, you know, I mean, yes, we've had changes in the designated hitter. We've had changes in the length of the seasons going from 154 games to 162 um, games. Postseason structure has changed in terms of how many teams make the playoffs or postseason. The height of the pitcher's mound. Uh, and smaller things here and there, and particularly more of late, it's been about the pace of game, uh, pace of play. Uh, and I think that has more to do with sort of keeping uh, fans' attention spans. Uh, you know, going four hours is too lengthy, and ultimately the games are getting longer. So baseball's looked a lot at that. But I arguably, I think the game of baseball is pretty much the same today as it was uh, 100 years ago. So what can baseball teams do? Um, I think part of this is sort of understanding, uh, you know, what's going on and why it's happening. You know, is there an increase in foul balls or is it not? Is this just something that more people are reporting on this? Is this something, um, you know, similar to, let's say, like a lot of the deaths that have been happening with um, with horses at some of the racetracks, Santa Anita and some of the other tracks around the country. And so is it something, again, is it something that's been just being more reported on uh, or is this an actual um expansion of what's sort of going on uh, in terms of foul balls. So now I think that um, uh, one, as an example, the Los Angeles Dodgers have recently announced that they're extending their protective netting. I think other teams will follow. But would Major League Baseball and the franchises be better off with a more proactive policy? So as opposed to just extending the netting because something's happened, would they be better at doing something a little bit different, thinking outside the box? And uh, I'm going to get into a few of those ideas here and how that might play out. So um, ultimately, we're talking about expanding the, expanding the netting beyond the home plate seating. Now, for any, anybody who sat behind home plate uh, in that specific area, you know that there is netting there. And I think arguably the visualization of the sight lines of the game don't change. Uh, for the most part, you don't really notice it. The, the netting is so thin um, and so advanced that, you know, really you're just seeing the game. You'd almost have to be sitting like directly next to the netting to focus on it. And even then, um, you know, you're still really focusing on the game. You're so close to the action at that point. So I don't think it's something to do with it's going to affect sight lines. I think it's more about the traditional side of baseball and keeping ballparks the way that they are. And ultimately individual uh, teams having the ability to choose whether they want to do something or not. So I think that's something to keep in mind. Now there is one very, very important issue that has gone unnoticed. And uh, that's the question of whether protective netting has, you know, goes far enough. Now in a sport like, 
baseball as opposed to basketball, football, or soccer, you know, in those sports, the either the ball into the stands is so far enough away um, that ultimately it loses speed, and the, at the point that it impacts somebody, generally the person's catching it, or it's not going to be a major injury. You just don't hear about those things very much, or at least that you know I have not heard about uh, injuries, uh, you know, from fans and in, in the stands in that regard. And of course, in football, um, the one major chance of a ball entering the stands would be, you know, through a, uh, a field goal. And in that sense, you've got protective netting behind there. Um, and ultimately the fans take, you know, can, you know, generally walk away with a souvenir, but it's unlike baseball where in baseball, you have a ball basically entering the stands at 90 plus miles an hour, maybe faster, depending on the uh, ricochet off the bat and that speed plus the impact and the closeness to the game causes injuries. To give an example on this, um, look at a place like uh, PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Beautiful ballpark. Uh, traveled there. Uh, I guess it was probably about uh, somewhere between five and ten years ago. I can't remember the exact date, but beautiful ballpark. Uh, but that is, that ballpark in particular, I call out because um, you know ultimately the seats behind the plate are actually closer to the pitcher than the catcher is. Now, of course, there's protective netting there, but it, it sort of highlights an important point with regard to how the game of baseball has changed, particularly fans getting closer to the field, which we'll get into a little bit later. So again, it's the speed and impact at which uh, foul balls are ending the stands, which is causing an issue. So how can professional sports particularly Major League Baseball franchises, be more proactive. Well, interestingly enough, there was an article that I read recently that talked about the, and it was an article with the, with, with the Guardian, and it talked about how fans at games spend more time on their phones and doing things not related to the game more than ever. I remember going to a baseball game uh, years ago, uh, and uh, it, was with the, it was a Dodger game, and the Lakers were in the playoffs. And it was classic to me that there was probably more people in the stadium watching on their phones the Laker game than they were the Dodger game. And, you know, again, that takes people's attention spans off of the game uh, and it takes their focus off of, the, off of the game and what's going on. And this isn't to diminish injuries or diminish the loss of life. It's the issue of just us doing our part to be to uh, pay attention and to see what's going on. But I thought the article was fascinating because sort of this interesting thing that, and I'm even a, um, you know, a, uh, a culprit of this where I've spent innings at a time trying to figure out the best angle to take a picture, or take a video of some sort of action. Uh, and the next thing you know, a fly ball's getting hit at me or, you know, I'm not paying attention to, to the action of the game. So it's sort of a fascinating thing about what's happening. And, um, I think it's really has to do with social media. It has to do with what we're doing. So it's something to keep in mind. And, you know, in terms of perspective, I mean, ultimately, I mean, I go to a baseball game and I'm, I'm, you know, for the most part interested in the baseball players on the field, you know, perfecting their craft. It's something, you know, beautiful to watch. And I think ultimately with any sport, it's that way, soccer, football, uh, basketball, hockey, any sport, you're sort of watching somebody, you know, uh, who is the best at their craft. And I think that that's something special. And, you know, not to mention, I mean, it's, uh, it's rude to be playing on your phone when you're, when you're at a baseball game or any other, uh, game, eating dinner or whatever it may be. So 
I think it's something to keep in mind. And again, that was a great article with the guardian that I talked, that talked about uh, fans attention spans. So, you know, ultimately my point here is not to diminish the, the, again, the injury or loss of life. It's the fact that us as attendees at games need to pay more attention. Now, of course, it's not the situation in, in, uh, in, um, every part where somebody's getting injured, you know, ultimately the ball comes in too fast. Uh, people don't have reaction times. So I think we sort of need to keep that in mind as well. Now, what's interesting about this too is, is that, you know, baseball keeps statistics on everything. And recently there was analysis done on where most of the foul balls were hit showing danger zones at certain stadiums. And those areas of most impact were essentially right beyond the dugout past the protective netting that normally just extends to the uh, inside part of the dugout uh, closer to home plate. So I think ultimately as teams think about expanding, uh, that might be, you know, obviously the first expansion would be into those areas right beyond the dugout. Now, another idea here is what if baseball teams required that people sitting in danger zone seats or sort of foul territory were required to not use their cell phones. You know, these were sort of, um, you know, highlighted seats, you know, what if there was warnings given and, you know, ultimately, you know, what's the difference between getting onto an airplane and being given the advisory uh, notice about you're sitting in an exit seat and the responsibilities that come with that versus being at a baseball game, the responsibilities that come with that specifically sitting in a seat that uh, may have more action than something else. Uh, it's kind of a broad example, but I think it maybe and hopefully paints the picture of, uh, of what's going on here and at least giving people notice and or people being uh, recognizing what's going on and how to protect themselves. Now, that all being said, there is further data, talking about data and statistics with baseball, it shows there's been three very, very important changes uh, to the game of baseball. Uh, one, pitchers are throwing harder. Statistically speaking, uh, uh, this is true. Now, of course, somebody throws harder, that induces harder contact and higher velocity foul balls. Number two, foul ball territory has shrunk to the place where fans are closer to the action. Remember, we gave the example of PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Dodger Stadium in itself has added more seats along the foul lines decreasing the foul territory. So that means more foul balls are entering into that space. And number three, uh, proof is in the pudding, so to speak. Foul balls have increased by 11.98% since, since the 1998 season. That means that since 2000, 2017 season, there are now more foul balls in play than those hit into the field of play. So it's a very fascinating prospect about what those three changes have done. Harder throws or harder pitching, less foul ball territory, which has basically resulted in increased foul balls. So ultimately, the game has not changed much, but I think some of the talent around the game has changed, and I think some of the uh, data has changed, and I think ultimately that has resulted in us sort of seeing that there has been a change in increased foul balls. There was even one ball player who argued that with the quality of pitching improving, batters fought off more pitches that they see until they can manage to find one to hit. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Now, in sort of closing here, you know, America could really take some guidance uh, overseas and uh, from Japan and uh, the Japanese Baseball League where unprotective netting 
unprotected seating is really a luxury in the ballpark, uh, particularly in the outfield, um, where ultimately uh, home runs, when home runs are hit, there's a loud horn that signifies that act. So it sort of keeps people on their feet and keeps people awake and aware of what's going on. Now, again, this is an issue of management and it's also a legal one. You know, interestingly, at a baseball game today, you're you're more likely to see, um, you know, off the field entertainment uh, as much as you'll see on the field play. You know, think about it, 50-50 raffles, hat shuffles, kiss cams, sausage races. I mean, all these types of things that happen trying to keep people engaged. Uh, now, those activities are generally between innings and during halves and periods and quarters and timeouts. But the point here is that where danger is, is abound, our attention span, spans need to be around. And we need to be paying attention. And I think professional sports franchises need to be doing more about being proactive, not just reactive to the situation. I don't think netting is necessarily going to solve the problem. I think we need to do things about keeping fans engaged with the game and the field of play, educating fans about where they're sitting and why they're sitting there. You know, maybe somebody can get a warning before they buy a ticket. You know, this is an exit row seat, for example. Well, this is a high, you know, danger zone seat. You know, and again, traditional baseball stadiums are beautiful. And I'd be one to argue that baseball stadiums should be kept to the original as possible. But when the game changes, talking about faster pitching and less foul territory, we have a reaction to that. And I think the reaction is that we've seen more foul balls. And I think the percentage percentages show that. So if baseball sort of doesn't react to this uh, or reacts to this and is not proactive, I think we're only going to see more injuries and more litigation. So with that being said, I uh, hope that you've enjoyed uh, this week's show, episode four on netting the foul ball problem. And we will be back next week. Uh, with episode five. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.